2: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at
3: supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply in South Wales. Authorisation number TP-01005.
3: Jason Bonnington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736.
0: Welcome to your Thursday edition of Trot's Life. It is moving day on Trot's Life and we've got a range of guests today. We've got Greg Sugars, we've got Brad Williamson, we've got Mick Gurin on the back nine with Jamie Cockshut and Elliot Booth. But first, as it's going to be, hopefully every single week, it'll be this teeing off with Tim. Oh, we're not playing. Why are we not?
4: I was waiting for that. Yeah, one oh, bat.
0: Something's, something's. We've got, no,
4: we've got no intro. I don't know if I can go on. Yeah. Ladies and Jake,
0: gentlemen, our first go. player to tee off this morning, Tim O'Connor from Ballarat in Australia. <laughs> oh, shot. Get in the hole! Be the club. 10. <laughs> <Dude.
4: laughs> Not a bad start. Not a bad start. You've had me on the T box since uh, 10.53 when we first spoke, so... Not too bad there. I've been standing there twelve minutes in the cold. How are you, Toby? You sound a little bit under the weather. Are you going all right? Uh yeah, I I have
0: woken up just my voice is just a little bit dry. Oh, I uh am about the same. I did the two hours last night and then I was uh yesterday and then I was at long till late last night. I know it was only seven races, but uh, it was sort of, you know, twelve thirty one o'clock by the time I got in, so Back up this morning and off to a Echuca tonight mate So I'm burning the candle <laughs> at both ends And what generally happens with that is Your voice does get a bit croaky doesn't it Yeah
4: well you get, you get sick I've been battling for, away for a, about a week now But we had a good night on uh, SEM track last night Myself and Damian Watson oh, had We a go. few winners And um, yeah so uh, all's good But uh, looking forward to a massive weekend of racing Where should we start on teeing off with Tim today?
0: Oh well I've got Greg Sugars on later mate And you've spoken to him this morning
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, You'll talk uh, about his runners, no doubt, across the the coming days. But the the only reason I rang him, I I just wanted to get an update on one overall. So it's one of his his, uh, stable star trotters, one overall. $19 chance at last look for the Inter-Dominion Trotting Championship Grand Final. The heat start on November 26th in Ballarat. And... We ran the trials show at Melton, myself and Darren Carroll on Tuesday, and in the educational was one overall, which is something you don't often see, Toby, as you'd know, that, that those trials are, or those educational runarounds are, are before the trials, and they're just very basic, um, quite often for young horses or, <clears throat> you know, horses that are looking to learn something in particular, and yeah. Greg put one overall behind the the mobile. He just wanted to, um, I guess, see how the horse would handle the mobile because uh, he has been a bit revvy in the past, and he hasn't had a mobile start since June twenty-five, uh, according to the form guide. So it's wow. been a while, and he just wanted to give him a look ahead of the Inter Dominion heat. So it didn't go well, unfortunately. Uh, oh he, boy! Uh, he galloped away. He, he got. They did a couple of laps, just walking or jogging around behind, and then when they quickened mm. and released the mobile. Uh, he galloped and Greg took him straight off the track. We had the GoPro on him and he asked me not to use the footage, so I don't know what he said. Um, maybe you can ask him later on, but um, he wouldn't have been thrilled. So just to, just chatting to him this morning, it concedes that he's very concerned. It's not ideal at all. Um, he's basically said he's got a few little options he can tinker with uh, some gear to, hope, uh, to hopefully help the horse settle a bit better and make him a bit happier, but basically it's... Um, He's just going to keep working him as normal. He's not going to take him anywhere. He's just going to hold his breath uh, at Ballarat on the 26th of <laughs> November and just hope he gets away. So not, not what you want to hear and not what you want to see if you've backed one overall. But um, it, that's, the, that's the state of play.
0: Is he ODM? Do you know? Question without he's not. No, so he's not. So he might be better ODM. You can actually ask to well, be I gonna, ODM.
4: It'd be good to, I was thinking that before just watching a couple of his replays. I wonder whether he's better off just drawn out the back and... Um, Greg can just you know, go our, way, go our way really slowly maybe being right up on the gates a worry for him I don't know um, haven't trained a single horse in my life and I probably never will but <laughs> it's not all I do know uh, I have punted a bit over the journey and it's not what you want to see uh, a week and a half out from the Inter Dominion of course mobile conditions he was very revvy and, and galloped straight away as soon as the mobile went so and Greg um, openly, as he always is, just said, look, yeah, it's not ideal. I'm worried about it. It's concerning, but um, I'm just going to hold my breath and hope he, hope I can get him away. So going to be a real watch and see. One overall, a $19 chance for the Inter-Dominion on opening round of Heats Night on the 26th of November.
0: Now, Tim, last Friday I was at Hamilton. There's trials before the first. They don't videotape them at Hamilton, but I was there. I watched them. I witnessed them. Pink Galahs trialled against a lot of Muscle. Uh, better Call Me troll against Fidey, some key Matt Craven runners, and it was a real funny, funny old day at Hamilton where no leader won. Most of the leaders on the day actually capitulated somewhere between the 300 and the 600. I don't know why. It was just a really strange day. Now, pink Gillars and a lot of muscle were in that sort of leader, leader's back position for most of the race, and... They only ran home in fifty nine one, but after seeing the race day, I think they might have trialed a lot better than what the numbers represent. And you've got more information on Pinkalars, mate.
4: Yeah, well, just to, I've had a bit of a chat to Maddie. Um, <clears throat> I rang him on Monday this week, and look, didn't didn't speak too in depth about Pinkalars, but I just wanted to check uh, that she was all right because um, I'd spoken to him probably a month earlier, or even earlier than that, and she was going to be racing around that period. And I expected her to have a couple of lead-up runs into the Inter-Dominion. If you go back through her form, she hasn't raced this year, uh, unbelievably. Her mm. last start was on the 21st of Dece- 21st of December at Melton. She ran second in a Vic Bred Super Series four-year-old trotting mares heat. And then uh, she was scratched on the eve of the final from memory with an issue. So... She's had a long period off the sidelines. Um, Maddie didn't pass on any great concerns, but she did trial, as she said. I think she's going to trial again this Sunday. I don't know where they are, but they would be down that way somewhere. Tarang or where would they be on Sunday? But um, she's oh, yeah. going to trial once more before the Inter-Dominion, but she'll go fresh in, first up into the opening round of heats at Ballarat on November 26. She's a $15 fixed odds chance. Just chatting to Maddie, and he probably won't mind me saying this, uh, he just maybe gut feel that uh, maybe a couple of other horses have gone past her a bit in the in the pecking order, but um, certainly think she can um, make her presence felt through the series. So just interesting. Probably for me, if I'm a punter, I'm probably going to work around her in the overall series, Toby, at $15.
0: Yeah, they're Sunday at Tarang, and having been pretty good mates with Matty for a long time, there have been a lot a lot of issues with that horse its whole career, mate. So I'd yep. imagine he's dealing with a fair bit there. Uh,
4: Yeah, well, great. Going to be great to see her back. But, um, yeah, bottom line is she will be in the series. I was just concerned, given I hadn't seen her, and uh, I'm sure he would have liked to have given her at least one start heading into the the heats. But not to be. She'll go first up uh, basically a year away from the sidelines into the inter Dominion. Imagine if she was able to win it. Uh, It'd be one of the great training performances.
0: Speaking of trotters in inter Dominions, mate, there was a. I have Garrick Knight on every week on a Wednesday, as you know, and there was a horse come over from New Zealand by the name of Majestic Harry. It was in an up to 55, an up to 55 at Albion Park, and he declared it, declared it. It paid $4.80 that day. Now, I don't bet, but I had multiple people comment on it afterwards (laughs) at how, at the value it was. And you look back now, this horse is coming to an Inter Dominion series. It was up to, it was in a trotter's up to 55 midweek at Albion Park at $4.80. It was ridiculous odds.
4: Well, I think he's a, <clears throat> Look, I think he's about a $200 chance or something thereabouts in the Inter-Dominion. But at that point in time, he was probably a 2000 to $1 yeah, chance correct. to be even running in it. So, uh, yeah, the horse you talk about is Majestic Harry. Uh, Darren Carroll, during our trial show, when we chatted to Brick Graham, uh, who part-owns the horse and she'll drive the horse down here, um, actually made reference to that, that chat that you had with Garrick. And Oh, really? So Yeah, he did. He, uh, Darren remembers that He's got a phenomenal memory. But he remembered <laughs> the chat and about hearing about this horse and then uh, yeah, and actually... Okay. And actually brought it up. So, yeah, the bottom line is that, um, <coughs> yeah, Majestic Harry won a, a golden ticket race at Albion uh, in, at Albion Park on Saturday night, the Group 2 Spring Sprint. That gets him locked in for the Inter-Dominion Series. And Brick Graham and her sister, Stephanie, they're going to bring the horse down. Uh, actually, he's already on the way. He will be in Victoria either tomorrow or Saturday. Um, and they'll attempt... Uh, Stephanie's going to take over the training uh, job from her father, Daryl, and Britt's planning to drive. So, of course, Britt's a Sky... Oh, I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah,
4: it, it's a great story. Brittany Graham, of course, for those that aren't aware, she's a broadcaster with Sky Racing and does a lot of the on-track stuff on these big nights. So she'll be there in a working capacity anyway, but she's planning to duck off and drive her horse in the Inter-Dominion trotting heats and hopefully the grand final. So what a story that is for the family. They own the horse. They bought him cheap. Um, now they get a crack at the Inter-Dominion. So exciting for them, and it's going to be a great little little side story to the, the series. I, I mean, I don't think he can win, Toby, but um, it would be a great final? to see him. Yeah, you could make a final, and he could make his presence felt uh, in some of the heats, particularly maybe the sprint heat, uh, I think at and in the second night of heats, given the way he performed on Saturday night over the 1600-metre trip. So a great story there. Keep an eye out for Brittany Graham on track, but also jumping in the sulky through the course of the night Night at uh, Ballarat, Shepherd and Geelong, and then hopefully in the grand final at Melton on December ten.
0: Tab big bets mate. and and I've got one for you for Saturday night to be. Uh, oh no, I'm not allowed to tip, am I? Oh, I'll have to ask you a question about it.
4: <laughs> Righto. <laughs> um, I had a little bit of feedback from these last week, just that a few people enjoyed hearing them, and uh, <clears throat> I might just quickly sort of pluck one out of each race. So there's been okay. uh, some some pretty solid action. Uh, ahead of Friday night at Melton and also Saturday night at Melton. Uh, Just looking through, Cloud9's been really well supported in the third race at Melton on Friday, uh, as has Visionary in the fourth event. Um, Scrolling down to race seven on Friday night's card, Mufasa Metro, a $1,000 bet at $2.10. And uh, someone's rounded the account off here. $1,091 at $1.95. So a couple of sizable bets for Mufasa Metro. drawn Barrier 1 in race 7. Uh, Honolulu Bay's been well-supported. $1,000 bet at $2 on him to win race 8. Uh, and also a $1,500 bet at $2 uh, to win that race. Moving on to Saturday just quickly. Uh, Some sizable bets in the two year old pacing Colts and Goldings final. The Lost Storm, a $2,500 bet at $2.20 to win. Heaps of action on that race. So go to thetrotts.com.au to scroll through all those bets. A lot of different bets there. Uh, This is the one that probably interests me the most. Mm -hmm. There's a horse here called Ludacris, trained by Kate Hargraves. The place. I really like this bet. Yeah, and there's been three good goes already on Ludacris to run a place. So she's drawn directly behind the, the very short favourite, Major Delight. She's going to get a great run. There's been a $1,200 bet at $2 a place and two $2,500 bets at $2 a place. Um, I think she's into about $1. sixty at last look, but she looks... Not a certainty to run a place, but uh, right, pretty close to it. So, the locomotive just quickly uh, twelve hundred dollar bet at three dollars for him to win the two year old trotting colts and geldings final. Rocking with Attitudes being well supported. Part of that's been Darren Carroll, I think, in the two year old trotting fillies. Um, someone's had five hundred bucks at a dollar eighteen on Captain Ravishing to win the three year old pacing colts Ooh, and geldings final, really? just to pick up a just to pick do, up a couple of slabs of beer.
0: Do you think he'll win, or do you think Rip can beat him?
4: No, I think you'll win. I think you'll win and win well. Well, um, I can't
0: I can't comment because I'll be judging on the night. Um, but I think you can read between the lines, Tim.
4: Yeah, I can. <coughs> I can. Um, two more races I'll touch on. Actually, uh, three quickly, Toby, before we go to a break. And I leave you and head to the next hole. Um, $1,150 <laughs> a place on a a Vita, $1.55. And a $1,500 bet at $1.65 on a I've Vita to run a drum. A $1,000 win bet at $3.60 on Cravash Door to win the three-year-old Trotting Colts and Geldings final. And the last bet I'll mention here is a $2,000 win bet on Ladies in Red at $1.75. Might seem generous, so someone thinks it is anyway. Um, anyway, go to the thetrots.com.au. That's up now on the website. If you want to scroll through all those bets, there's stacks there, so... If you're looking for a multi or you want to follow the money, jump on there and have a look. I actually don't know. My oh, shower <laughs> okay, must be leaking. I've got to get this to leave. Go
0: sort that shower out, Tim. Good on you, mate. <laughs> we'll speak again next week.
4: We'll talk in a week. See you guys.
0: <laughs> Good on you, Tim.
3: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
0: Welcome back, it's Trot's Life. Just Toby McKinnon here. Now, Tim O'Connor had to jump off the line, but Brad Williamson has joined me. Brad, mate, this is an interesting question for you. Firstly, well, how are you? And secondly, where are you at the moment?
5: Um, I'm good, thanks, uh, mate. I'm uh, currently staying with Anthony Butt and Sonia Smith um, at their place in Mountain. I'm just um, at the stables with
0: them at the moment. You've been the busiest man in harness racing the last couple of weeks. You, you're in New Zealand last week. You flew over to Australia to drive in, in a heat of this race. You threw in a drive at Kilmore. You flew back to New Zealand for Majestic Man. It was a it was a massive week last week.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I don't know if it uh, was dedication or madness, but um, <laughs> thankfully, you know, Majestic Man got a nice win on Cup Day there, and um, I was really happy with the Phillies there. At Maryborough there. So, um that's no, all going well and hopefully we can get a result on Saturday. That's the main aim.
0: It it was just quickly on Majestic Man. It was a pretty good cup week, really, wasn't it? To win the free for all and Sunday Sun is something else in that dominion. I know you've run fifth and you should be pretty proud of the effort he's put in.
5: That's right, yeah, he's such an honest old horse. He very yeah. seldom has gone a bad race in his career and um he's just a genuine old horse where when he's not racing those elite you know, Sunday Suns and Muscle Mountains that we've got back home. He's still very competitive with with the rest of them, but um, you know, very hard to find races. They're not in. in New Zealand and all the feature races, and quite often um, he's been running fourth or fifth. But but um, you know, as for his whole career, he's been a genuine genuine cup horse, and um, you know, I think he showed when he when he came to Australia um, and and won. Uh, I think he won three group runs here that he is um, in his own right a very good open class trotter.
0: Yeah, I sort of thought all year he was a bit of a certainty to be in the inter-dominion, but he's not in the inter. Are you thinking about bringing him for the great Southern Star again? Look, um,
5: there's been talk of perhaps bringing him for the inters. Um, Obviously, there's a bit of of a cloud over Bop for brilliance. Um, I think, you know, Dad was of the opinion if he if if there were a couple of Kiwi trotters going then we're probably coming over running for third, you know, because yeah, yeah. um, you know, they've quite, they've quite quite clearly outpointed us and, and then obviously we've got the rest of them to contend with as well. So um but you know, if there's none end up going, then um there is potential for, for him to perhaps make a late um late nomination and, and come. But uh, that's still up in the air at the moment. But um you know, we yeah, as I said, we're probably uh at best likely to be able to run third in the race. And if there's no Kiwis come, then perhaps um, he would be an each-way chance in the final. So time will tell whether he comes or not.
0: All right. Now, go. Okay, let's go back to Aloha Kenny. She was pretty good in the heat at Marybury. You would have been pretty happy with her first up. And naturally, mate, we'd expect improvement going into Saturday night. I think so, yeah. She's... Um, She's obviously only a two year old filly and she's had a
5: big trip over here and, and took a few days to settle in. And, you know, I've been pretty quiet on her at home just going into that heat. And I was under the impression that she would be better for the run. And um, the rate of waste was running everything. She had a nice, quiet uh, sit and run home race, which I think would be just ideal topping her off for this Saturday. So um, we haven't got the nicest of draws, but, um, you know, I'm sure the horse is fitting well and she's going to go a super race.
0: I think the draw on paper doesn't look great, but often in these sort of juvenile trotting races, it's pretty open at the start. And can you can you think she's the sort of horse you can sort of angle across and just slot in with her? Um, yeah, well, we'll just have to play it how how it goes. Obviously, um, yeah.
5: Look, um, well, I've heard from Anthony, but Hall of Famer that I'm staying with, that um, <laughs> you wouldn't bother going back even if you drop your wallet. So. I'll take her advice, and um, yeah, we'll be looking at going forward with her. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, yeah, I don't know. You never know with these things. Sometimes going back's uh, there's a lot of races won going backwards, particularly in uh, backstroke at swimming. So, but that's not what we're doing, is it? So, don't I don't know where I've gone with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that's right. You've gone somewhere, mate. I don't know where I went with that, but we went somewhere. <laughs> she's a nice filly. Is she Vic bread or anything like that. Have you got any other targets for her while she's here?
5: Uh no, look, she's gonna fly home on the next flight home and um she's got a group one hundred thousand dollar race at Eddington on I believe the fourth of December for two year old trotting fillers only. Um there's there's probably one standout in the in the two year old fillers division back home, um Mark Burden's filly. Really? Um, she's uh, I think her Father Patrick out of Highgate, I just forget her name, but she's a, she's out of uh Highgate, she's a father, High Energy, I think she's called. She's one yeah, about it. five from five, so um, she's a really nice bully back home. Arahar Kenny runs second to her, her first start at Addington in a group race. And um yeah, she looks she looks the one to beat back there. But um I think uh Aruha Kenny's um you know, the the way she keeps improving and, and she's obviously so well bred and, and she looks to be just improving all the time. Um, I think, you know, she wouldn't be without an each way chance when she gets back to Addington as well.
0: You you you're a genuine winning chance on Saturday night though. You wouldn't be here otherwise, I assume. Well, look, she's she's a very good filly, yeah. Um, mum and dad have bred her and, and they own her, so mm. um,
5: you know, look, even if even if you can come over here and place in a, in a group one two year old feature, um, it's only gonna stand by when she retires and heads to the breadmare paddock and mum and dad love their breeding and um, you know, look if she happened to win this race then um Obviously, that would do wonders for her in the broodmare paddock. But you know, it's it's she's the horses. Hopefully, she's got a long career ahead of her. So, um, you know, we've got these couple more races as a two-year-old filly, and then she'll probably head to the paddock and um, have a good break. But uh, we're just sort of rolling the dice, and and um, we will come over here. Uh, obviously, there's some really nice two-year-old trotting fillies around. They they look as though they're every bit as good as yeah. the boys, if not better. So. Um, you know, like, it won't be easy, but, um, you know, we're in with a chance. We can't win at home.
0: Have you ever thought about setting up in Victoria and having the two stables sort of running, New Zealand and Victoria, at the same time? We'd love to have you. Yeah, look, I've, I, I have thought about it a bit. Um, I, I
5: mean, yeah. especially after, Just um, man. you know, I enjoyed my trip so much with the majestic man and, and everyone over here was so welcoming and looked after so well, so... Oh, look, the thoughts definitely crossed my mind, but, um, you know, I'm pretty well set in in, in New Zealand, and, um, you know, I've, I I sort of drive for a lot of um, trainers and have done for a lot of time, and, um, you know, I I drive a lot of dad's horses and everything sort of, uh, you know, I, I've sort of probably got it too good over there, as you'd say, to be sort of warranting just jumping up and leaving everything I've sort of worked towards in the dozen years or so I've been driving over there. So I, I give it some thought, but... Um, Obviously, you know, yeah, you'd, you'd certainly, I'd certainly want to bring a quality good half team. a dozen horses or so if I was going to be able to get something like that. Because um, certainly not easy over here. You definitely need the um, good stock,
0: don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. All right, Brad, I'll let you go. Thanks for coming on and joining us, and uh, best of luck on Saturday night with our Aloha Kenny. Thanks, mate. We'll need it. Cheers. There is Brad Williamson and. Not surprised to hear he's thought about uh, coming over to Victoria. I've thought about him coming over as well. He seems to do very, very well here. Let's get to the news. We'll come back the other side and we'll catch up with Darren Carroll who joined Gareth Hall on Giddy Up today. Darren got another winner yesterday. Uh, big fella sent through a message. Morning, Toby. Good luck to Stew with Hortacam on Saturday night. Hopefully gets no bad luck in the run. You would have thought Tim would have got that shower fixed by now. Laugh out loud. Cheers, big fella. Good on you, big fella. And uh, we had no luck at Maryborough with those tips of ours from Darren and myself. They both galloped. Uh, but Darren was on fire again last night getting a winner at Geelong. So uh, you could have got out of trouble with his tips yesterday. That is for sure. Let's get to the news. We'll come back the other side. Darren Carroll caught up with Gareth, Gareth Hall. I know he said Gareth Knight. I get the two of them confused.
3: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
0: Welcome back, just Toby McKinnon with you. I'm not tipping uh, today as I have commitments with the judging. But Darren Carroll uh, was on Giddy Up this morning with Gareth Hall. Gareth's over, over in WA. Darren's had 19 mentions on this show in 31 minutes, which isn't bad going. Uh, He's a a legend, though, uh, on the tipping front. So let's catch up with Darren and Gareth Hall. And then off the back of that, we'll have a break. And we've got Greg Sugars coming up at about 11.40, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, a couple
2: of our smaller tracks in the state, Gareth. So I think it always pays to have uh, on-speed type runners. So hopefully we've found a couple of those. But... We're starting the day off very early. So race one, number six, Double Helix in the first. It um, was heavily back last start in the standing start race and uh, it's got a terrible record from the stand. So that really caught my attention Also heavily back and it ran a really nice race. Um, it's last four runs have all been really good. It's back to the mobile this time. Um, the class of the horses it's been running against in recent times um a lot stronger than what it meets today. Um, the form lines are stacked up really good. Um, I don't expect it to be buzzed off the gate or anything like that, but there's only an eight-horse field, so it's going to settle close enough around a small track stall, and I think it's going to be the perfect way to start our Thursday's punting. So race one, number six, double helix. So race one, um,
5: number six,
2: de- yep. Yep, and then we move to race five. Um, race five, number seven, catch the shark. Um, so on paper, you'd think terrible draw from Bar- Barrier 7, but I'm really confident that um, with an aggressive drive early by Lockie Cook, that this horse will find the front. And once it finds the front, then it's a totally different scenario. Um, around this track, um, you just got to be on speed in these kind of races. Um, you look at its last start and it's finished near last, but forget that. It had a flat tyre just after the start. Um, so just put a, a line through that completely and um, forget all about that. But it's got really good gate speed. Um Massive advantage here, and um, I'm playing towards that advantage. And um, you know, I think it'll be only you know, two forty, two fifty before the race. But in play, it'll probably be a dollar fifty. So race five, number seven, catch the shark, and that's the stall bets. Uh, then we move to Atucha tonight. Um, as I stated before, small track, and um, we'll play to the small track again, and um, look for a leader or one that's on the speed. And that's race eight, number one, our Cristiano. Um, it will either be leader or leader's back. Um and around a tight track like this it just it's really suited. Last start at Sheppard and it led and got run down right on the line. So I'm just banking on the fact that it's gonna be on speed at a smaller track. Gets Alan Tormy, who's a good front running driver and uh, it's worth a play. Race eight number one now Cristiano.
5: I love it. I like our Cristiano as well. Um Probably better suited to the mile, but I agree with you. Around that track, it's yeah. nearly lead all of the way. I, I think she's a blue chip, can lead and win the race before. Do you agree?
2: She's a blue chip. Yeah.
5: Uh, I think she goes around for Glenny Bull, um, the race before. Oh, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. Um, definitely will be leading, and um, Glen Bull... Well, she, she leads, in, she in in wins. Front. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'll cross. Um, smiling shin, he's got okay gate speed, but uh, no, you're on the right track there, couldn't put you off there whatsoever, so Gwen Bull in front at Echuca, definitely
5: um, And we missed the price We Bet365 you have to be quick, but Gillyby Jive at stall that was the horse that knocked us oh, all yeah. out the other day at Ballarat, but I think he can lead and win again, I yep. think they've got a bit of an opinion about her, and she won like Gamma like the other day, Gillyby Jive, so yeah,
2: um, And that horse that we were on one yesterday, that's yep. at deep odds on Gareth, so Um, So the form's obviously stacked up. And, yeah, it looks like it's up in class a little bit, but um, purely the fact that it's it's coming out of a maiden-type race. But if it's as good as what they are saying it is, then, yeah, it's well-suited again today because the opposition's not that strong.
5: Good on you, Darren. Thanks for that, mate.
0: That was Darren Carroll today with Gareth Hall on Giddy Up. Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side with Greg Sugars. I've got about 100 questions to get through with him.
3: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonnington and Toby McKinnon.
0: No Jay Bonnington today, just Toby McKinnon and Greg Sugars is on the road to stall. I do enjoy catching up with these drivers when they're on the road somewhere. It just uh, doesn't intrude on their day so much. So Greg, mate, uh, firstly, how are you this morning?
6: Yeah, very well, thanks, Toby.
0: Now, there's a million questions I could ask you over the coming days. We're not going to go through every single runner you got, but Tim O'Connor did open the show and talked a little bit about one overall and uh, the educational trial and how things didn't work for you. And we asked a question of each other, and I said I'd ask you, would you consider trying to make one overall ODM before the start of the series? Just maybe would get away better off their backs?
6: Um... I'm not actually sure if you're even allowed to do that anymore. Um, Once upon a time, you were able to request your horse go out, but I've got a feeling in the back of my mind that they don't actually allow you to request that anymore. So, um, no, and it's not something, no, that I, I'd want to entertain anyway. Um yep. Yeah, things go fair to for us during the series, and if he misbehaves and he gets put out the draw, well, then so be it. But, you um, know, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll do our best to make sure that that doesn't happen.
0: Now, Friday night we'll start at mate. Race four, number seven, Visionary in the Breeders' Crown Championship for four-year-old mares. Been a little bit of money for Visionary, but I would have thought this would be a great test to see exactly where she's at against Queen Elida. Yeah, absolutely. Now the
6: way the barrier draws fallen, you just you know it's pretty hard to see anything um, toppling the, the mighty mare. Um, um, she's obviously the benchmark, and um, yeah, we're extremely hard to beat. But you know, we came pretty close um, the only other time when they met there a few weeks ago, running second to her after being held up for a bit. But um, yeah, we're really happy with this man, we're happy with what he's done, and she's got a great future. But um, yeah, it's pretty hard to see her winning uh, from that draw.
0: Will Cherokee Joe in race five get across him? And if, if so, does he get his chance to really step up into this open grade and win one?
6: Yeah, look, I think so. We're pretty happy with where he's at at the moment. Um, I think he can cross. Uh, sort of there, he crossed a similar sort of line, you know, his, his last couple of starts. So, um, yeah, if that eventuates that he does want to front easily enough, but... Um, you know, I think he'll be there for a long way. Um, obviously, there's a couple of nice ones off the back that are probably dropping in great somewhat. Um, mainly like towards Michael
7: Wildfire.
6: Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, he uh, he won't be too far off the action if he does uh, get his own way
0: out the front. Just believe in the graduate trotters free-for-all Friday night, you nearly couldn't have picked the worst barrier draw, could you, Gate 8?
6: Yeah, not ideal, but, um, uh, you know, not from this one-off race perspective, it's going to be hard to sort of win from there. I think a little bit tricky, but um, I suppose for well, the big picture with the intermission starting a week later, I mean, we're going to get an economical run. I don't sort of be busy us um, sort of dragging back and sort of being wide or anything like that. So, we're probably going to have to drive for luck a little bit, but we know that if the brakes go his way, um, yeah, he's a quality horse, be know, to hold out. But um, really, uh, we don't want to knock him around too much,
0: being uh, completely honest. He's uh, the mid-series, only, uh, you know, a week away. Beautiful, mate. That's the that's the information we're looking for, right? Saturday night, you drive a horse called Lindy's Love in the three-year-old Trotting Phillies final. She's a pretty talented filly and she gets a front row draw, but... The Anton Galino camp's got some... I don't know, they they seem to be getting better, the Anton Galino horses, every year. And, of course, uh, Elder Baron Keeper for uh, Wallace Hackett, the raider from New Zealand. They're going to be pretty hard to beat.
6: Yeah, absolutely. No, her um, an angle form, obviously, is first class. She's done a great job up there. But I think it's fair to say that the competition down here is uh, a bit stronger across the board. And, yeah, the the Galino runners, they are... um, Obviously, they're just, just... extremely well-bred group of horses and they're starting to really get great results on the racetrack. Um, you know, we've a lot of their runners at the moment and obviously the Kiwi Horses, as I say, it's been an outstanding form. So, look, um, I, I think she'll run a good race. She's um, settled in well. She's been, uh, been down here um, at our place um, for this series. So, um, yeah, look, I can't see her beating a couple of those sort of horses if um, you know, everything's all fair and above board, but um, she won't disgrace herself.
0: The two-year-old trotting Phillies final, I think it's nearly the race of the night, Saturday night. Like, you'd sort of think if you won the Redwood with a filly, you would go into this race and be a nigh uncertainty. But even dichotomy, yeah, the stable mate to Cognati is, is a chance. off a Soft run, rocking with attitude, certainly good enough. Al Marvella was brilliant at its first and only start uh, uh, since arriving from New Zealand. Aloha, Kenny, we just heard from Brad Williamson. They're not here just for the fun of it either. And then you've got an Emma Stewart. Susan is her name as well. Like it's an amazingly strong two-year-old trotting fillies.
6: Yeah, exactly right. No, it's a bit of a shame <laughs> from our point of view that she is another one of those years that um, the fillies seem to far outweigh the boys as far as strength and numbers go. <laughs> um, so yeah, like everyone that you just just named there, um, it wouldn't at all surprise to see any one of them take out this race. Um, on saturday night they're a great group of fillies and um, you know from our stable point of view i think we're blessed that we've got such an easy uh time in the heat that uh, you know we, i know half man, our horses are uh, in great order and you know they'll they'll go every bit as well as they're capable of going i'm, I'm sure of that and, um you know a couple of those runs that were in the other heat obviously were extremely impressive time-wise and um You know, whether it's just taking the edge off them, that's probably what we're going to hope for in a way because, um, you know, we're going to give the nice horses a bit of a head start, I think, with both our runners. But, uh, yeah, we're there to win, and uh, we think both Phillies are definitely chances
0: if uh, if things work out. The two-year-old Phillies pacing finals, probably not too much different to what you've just said. Aureus and something about Eile are... I, I don't know what you do with Aureus, but if you go back, you're going to be giving some really, really, really nice fillies a head start.
6: Yeah, exactly. Now another phenomenal group of fillies again. Uh, you know, we're wrapped with, with both of ours, what they've been able to do to date. Um, and they were both, you know, as, as good as we could have hoped for last week in the semis. But, um, yeah, it's something about Eileen. She's probably, you know, she's, something third up now. So. Um, she's nearing big fitness and, and she was very very good in herself I think mean, she ran the fastest last mile of anything in her heat um, last week from out the back and she's probably a chance get in a relatively good spot back up the inside I would suggest um, so look I, I can't see either of these fillies winning from from the way the, the marbles have fallen but um, yeah something about Islay's definitely got a minor you know minor money chance from, from where she's logged and the way she's trained on it, um, yeah, I so, Yeah, like you say, it's a bit hard to sort of pick your game plan from that draw. It's really sort of uh, um, yeah, stunted our chances in, in many respects. But uh, yeah, she's a quality brilliant and as blessed with a great amount of speed. So um, yeah, if she can find a good spot somewhere, um, I'm sure she'll get the line strong.
0: And Non is not too much and different there, in the three-year-old fillies, mate. There's. There's a plethora of Emma Stewart. There'll be nine in the race of Emma Stewart's, and uh, you draw gate six, and as talented as peril shown, you'll, you will she'd have to go to a superhuman effort even to run a place, nearly from there.
6: Yeah, exactly. Uh, she showed now in re- recent runs, like in the Oaks Seeds and, and even last week's semi, that um, she's not that far below some of the best fillies of this age bracket, but she is below them. Um, so, yeah, having a wide front row draw is probably not ideal. She probably needs to be um, driven quite soft early, um, and yeah, get an economical run, and maybe she can fix it with uh, with best best ones again. But um, yeah, I, I think you know she's improved every start throughout this campaign in particular, and um, she's progressing into a nice mare. So hopefully there's more bigger, uh, more things to come from her in the upcoming seasons. But um, yeah, she's certainly up against it from the draw and the way. Uh, group of
0: race at the moment. At uh, Stahl today, and off the text message as well, uh, hi Toby, can you ask Greg his opinion of Tizzy Lizzy at Stahl today, and I think, you know, it's first start for you, but she has won a couple of trials at Shepparton and Tabcourt Park, and, and it looks a pretty winnable race for her, Greg. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, quite quite a, a nice little
6: filly this one. Like, she's had three starts previously before coming uh, to our stable, and um, ran quite well in all of them, so she's had a break and, and joined us. In, in two trials we've been quite impressed with, um, still uh, still ironing her out completely at the moment, but she's sort of on the way up. Um, so, yeah, it looks like a suitable sort of assignment for her, just as long as uh, you know the smaller track of the stall um, doesn't hold any uh, obstacles for her, which I don't think it will. So, if she has a trouble free run, I think she should be very hard to beat, uh, Beat safe, because um, I think she quite a handy uh handy performer her work at home says she's um you know not far below some of those we've just
0: mentioned that are running in breeders Crown races so um yeah we think she's got a bit of a future and is the ricky elchin trained sugar for my honey are you is is that horse down with you at the moment and is it here to get a vic bread win or something
6: no, no. Ricky's down here with his team for the Breeders' Ground, so he's set yep. to set this one along. I, I think it is eligible for a big, a big free bonus. Um, so that's probably why it's here. So, uh, uh, yeah, look, it was a good second last uh, last week at uh, Shepherd. in good time behind a nice horse, and, and you know probably beat some nice horses home. So, uh, I think the two in that race are on side. of probably the leader. And, might be hard to catch. But, um, yeah, Ricky's pretty confident with this filly He'll run a really good race. So, Patrick's uh, in part doing so. He's not too concerned about that from what he's told me. Um, so, yeah, she should uh, run a very forward, forward
0: race from um, what Ricky has told me. I'll tell you, for a 55 okay. to 65 rated race at stall, it's a very, very strong race, that race. There's some really talented horses in it. So, uh, it'll be a very interesting race, that race. Greg, mate, uh Always love catching up with you, and it was a nice little opportunity for us. Uh, I thank you for coming on, and best of luck over the next three, four days, and particularly on Sunday, mate, when you've got no horses running. Hope we can have a nice, relaxing day. I sure hope so. Thanks a lot, Dave. Good on you, Greg. There is Greg Sugars on his way to stall today, and the answer to your question, Matty, is Greg has a big opinion of Tizzy Lizzy. Uh, if she's not far off those breeders' crown horses at home, uh, she'll be winning that race today. Though 65 is short, yes, but if you're playing around with some multiples or you, or you've had it had a little look at uh, Darren Carroll's tips today, uh, double Helix race one number six and Catch the Shark race five number seven, uh, big fella, if you're listening. I think you could nearly chuck in uh, Tizzy Lizzy with a little win bet in, in how you do those uh, multiples that you do. I'm not really sure exactly how you do them. And, of course, the other one, uh, race eight, number one, our Cristiano. Now, uh, let's get to our final break of the first hour of moving day on Trot's Life.
3: You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
0: No, Jay Bonnington today. What song am I going to play in the background here? I oh, know, Nathan Moore loves this song, Walking in Memphis. This one, this one goes out of you, Moisey. Good on you, mate. Uh, big fella says, Toby, I will teach you how to do multis sometime. Only thing in the world I'll, I'll be able to show you how to do something. Cheers, big fella. Well, I really appreciate the offer, big fella, but I don't bet, mate. So um, there's no... <laughs> There's no need to do that. I uh, Actually, I used to have the TAB app on my phone and just to watch races, and uh, they cancelled my account, and I contacted them and said, oh, why have you cancelled my account? And they said, oh, you've had the app for five years and never placed a bet. And I'm like, yeah, because I just like watching the races. And they're like, no, nah, you gotta you got to be betting if you want to keep your account. And I said, well, I'm not allowed to bet. Uh, and the lady said, oh, well, why do you watch a race if you're not allowed to bet? And I said, I work in the racing industry. I'm a judge. And uh, anyway, it was a Convoluted argument. So I, so they, they kicked me off. I don't have a TOB account at all. I have no betting accounts now. And uh, if I want to watch a race, I watch it on Trots Vision, which is absolutely fantastic, except when it's a race in Queensland or New South Wales or Tasmania, uh, I have to watch Be At Home or something and watch them on uh, Sky Channel because I have no other way of watching them. But uh, most of the races I watch anyway are in Victoria and the Trots Vision coverage. Is second to none. It's nearly 12 o'clock. It's time for the 12 o'clock news. In the second hour, the back nine of moving day, Mick Gurren and then Jamie cockshut and Elliot Booth, who in Tasmanian racing is well-known for all his Iden horses. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, that's terrible, I know. That's terrible. Stay tuned. News. Mick Gurren, the other side.
3: Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736
0: 736. I do love that song. Mick Guerin is on the line. Mick, I'm looking forward to chatting to you. I've got... One main question for you, and it's without notice, which is probably a bit unfair, but firstly, mate, how are you, and uh, whereabouts are you today?
8: Hey, Toby. I'm really well. I'm, I'm at the Caracca, ready to run thoroughbred sales today, so we're thoroughbredding today. We're here doing the television and selling a few horses, so it's been a good couple of days, but not stopping us doing the harness racing work, because of course, as we all know, the Dominion's is... Nine days away, and I'll be coming yep. across, and really looking forward to getting to to some of the places around Victoria. I haven't been to for a while, so looking forward to it, Toby.
0: Now, I just before we get into Dominion talk, it's Breeders' Crown weekend this weekend, and I've been going back on Wednesdays through into Dominion history in, in Melbourne and looking at old inter Dominion series, and I've actually spoken and recorded an interview with John Langdon, you know, and talking about William D winning in '92 and. All those great races and 2000 was as as well. The beauty about them, Mick, was there was an American horse here, there was a European horse, but we had four or five great Kiwis and four or five great Australians, and they were they seemed to be the best races. Now, the Breeders' Crown, when it was at its best, there was a couple of Kiwis in every race. Now, I understand the season's changed and it's conflicting. But my question to you is, how do we get it back to getting the best Kiwis here for the Breeders' Crown? Because that's when the Breeders' Crown will be at its best again.
8: Yeah, I agree. The best version of harness racing in Australasia is when the best horses are together. There's no doubts about that. Yeah. That's been the case in the 35 years I've been doing it professionally. Um, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, we're basically what we've said is we're going to abandon winter. Yeah. So we said June used to be the Jewels, used to be the Breeders' Crown. We said we're not going to be involved in that anymore. And and that's okay, because nobody particularly wants to go to the trots that much in winter for a major carnival. But the problem is is that you have all your carnivals at the start of the year, but we have a month where we have a Hunter Cup, Chariots of Fire, Great Southern Star, and a Miracle Mile, and that's a lot of racing. Uh, And then we have another month towards the end of the season, where we have, in this month for example, New Zealand Cup Week. Uh, the Breeders' Crown on the start of the Interdominions. That's all within three and a half weeks. Now, that's a lot of bites of the cherry when you're talking crowds, and, and it is difficult. And I also realize the fact that, yes, it's important to be away from AFL if you're in Victoria and those sort of things. But we've congested ourselves down to the, to the point we really only have an eight-month racing calendar. The four in between are just industry days. And
2: yeah,
8: I don't know how we get it back to the way it was because as the money goes up, um, it's just so easy to stay home. If you're self-assured, it's easy to stay home. There's $100,000 mm. mm. in the car. And, and and so I, I think it's easier to get them there at the end of summer, so it's easier to get them there for the Hunter and the Victoria Cup. But anything pre-New Zealand Cup people are reluctant to go to, ironically, copy that went to Victoria this year and it helped them win the New Zealand Cup. But I, I do worry about... The trans Tezmeath, and of Harness Racing, and trying to get it back to what it was, and then we produce something which I simply can't understand. And as we have three one million dollar open races in harness racing, we have the the uh, the, the new race, but that's not open to all horses. And two of them on the same night. We're going to have two slot races worth a million dollars, one at Cambridge and one at Perth. I just can't for the life of me see how we manage to produce that. That's that's staggering stuff. So with the Breeders' Crown, it, it is difficult. It's my fear for the Breeders' Crown is. It's Without the Kiwis there, Emma and Clayton are so dominant and that's Correct. not picking on them at all. They can, yeah. they can only be very good at what they do and they're, they're incredibly good at what they do and they deserve all the kudos they get. So by no means am I picking on them. If we didn't have any Australians, then Mark Purden tended to be very dominant in New Zealand. But when you mix them together and you say to yourself, how do right. you rate a good Emma horse against a good Mark Purden horse and then a good Luke McCarthy horse, well then things become far more interesting. So I think, I think it's a shame we're not going to see enough of that and I think the Breeders' Crown coming so close to New Zealand Cup time, but more importantly there's a new meeting in New Zealand on December the 4th, which is a Sunday called the Grand Prix. Um, with that coming up and they're having the New Zealand Derby, I, I worry that the Breeders' Crown is going to become almost a single state race meeting and I don't mean to be rude by saying that because it's still going to be wonderful racing and they're still very good horses, but The fact that, um, you know, the horse who won three derbies this year is not coming to race in the Breeders' Crown is by no means disparaging of the Breeders' Crown. It's a sign of how many riches we have and how we're trying to put the riches of a year now into, I say, eight months. But effectively, really, it's October, November, December, January, February, March. So we're sort of ramming a lot of the races into into six months and they can't be everywhere.
0: So so just, just to spitball this idea with you, If there was a qualification round of uh, races in New Zealand on, say, I don't know, December 12 or something, and if you won that, you got straight into the final in Australia and Millwood Nike goes in that race, wins that race, and the Breeders' Crown final was December 30 or December 24 or 23 or something later in the year, what I want to see happen then is Major Delight v. Tempting Tigress v. Millwood Nike. It, it, we just have to get it back well, to that because that is what... That, how great a race would that be? And then we would be crowning, literally crowning, the two-year-old filly of Australasia off whoever wins that race. That's what the Breeders' Crown should be, if you ask me.
8: Well, the qualifiers are largely irrelevant because if you've got a horse good enough to go to the Breeders' Crown, it's going to just go around and it's qualifiers and as a trial. It's going to yeah. qualify for the final. So yeah. having a qualifier in New Zealand isn't as bad. Um, the problem is, I won a breeders' crown a couple of years ago with a horse, yeah, and sure I and I loved it. It was a massive highlight. I absolutely loved it. 50 but by the time, exactly, well, it was eighty grand a stake, and we got down to forty thousand, and then you yeah. get the breeders and people get a share. So I think we took home thirty k, uh, and the trip cost us twenty four. You know, so you, you go because you love it, and I love it, so therefore I was happy to go. But if you have Millwood Nike, for example, she has a, what's basically a harness jewels race. Coming up on December the fourth, which is going to start a dollar twenty and for I don't know, it's a hundred and fifty grand or something. When well, you say to yourself, do I want to spend twenty grand to go try and win a hundred and sixty grand when I can stay home and spend no money and probably win a hundred grand? Yeah, and there's no guarantee you're going to beat Emma and Clayton's horses because they're so good and they're also very good at what they do because actually, will ask you a better twist against ladies and red. You know, the Australian horses are incredibly hard to beat at what they do, and as we've seen with Rock and Roll do coming to New Zealand, New Zealand horses are incredibly hard to beat at what they do or specialise in doing. So yeah, when you say to yourself it's 20 grand to get on the plane, um, two types of people go, people who think they're going to win or people who love it. And I think, for example, if I love a good trotter, it's really easy for me to say, well, I've got muscle mountain racing for a hundred thousand, a free for all on with the fourth. Why would I go to the inter-dominions and race four times for two and a half times the money? And I think that's a problem which harness racing hasn't worked quite worked out. And I'm not saying I can fix it because it's a really complex equation. Yeah. But, I do think somewhere during the season, there needs to be almost a grand final where you bring together the winner of the New Zealand Siles Stakes, the winner of the Breeders' Crown, the winners of the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge, yeah. and, and maybe a couple of derbies, And you bring those horses together. But again, um, as a source of inter-dominions, Mark Purden doesn't want to bring self-assured here, and that's no slagging Victoria. He didn't want to go to New South Wales last year either. So there's a lot of things that play into it, and there's so much money and so many people spoiled for choice I think it's really hard to tell people where they should have to go. When the Breeders' Crown used to be in the last week of August, so many New Zealanders wanted to go there because it sort of wrapped the season up for them and they could catch their breath and start again. Yeah, yeah. Now it's literally sandwiched between two other feature races, one of which is only a week and a half after it.
0: Yeah, we heard from Brad Williams and He's flying... Aloha, Kenny, back for that, for that race. Like, it's a big effort for a young filly, but they're talking about breeding potential as well. So there's more to wing a Breeders' Crown for them than just just the stake money. Mick,
8: yeah, and um, that,
0: that factors into lots of things. Yeah. It,
8: it, it's, it's a really complex equation. I'm not saying anybody's got it wrong, because I don't think anybody's got it wrong. I just think that, um, yeah. But again, again, if we rewrote the calendar, yeah. and I rewrote it, and I'd tart lunch on it, I'm sure I'd start something up too
0: hundred percent. We all would. There's no doubt about that. But that's why we have these discussions to create this debate. Now, uh, Bolt for Brilliance, if you're a betting man, is he coming? Is he not coming? Yeah, I know there's a fast work, a pretty Tony important Hurley,
8: one coming. Rang me, Tony Hurley rang me half an hour ago. So oh, this is the absolute oh, latest oh. on Bolt for Brilliance. He expects to be coming. He will accept in the final acceptors tomorrow. Uh, he will be then given the chance to fast work on Monday morning. And when he fast works on Monday morning, they'll make their final decision. But Tony's words to me today is, there's no reason not to take him. Uh, We're happy with the horse. There is no sign of the virus he seemed to have. uh, And we are intending and planning to go. But of course, if they work him on Monday morning and scope him again, and he's got mucus in his lungs, he won't go. So at this stage, I would say 75, 25, maybe 80, 20. Bolt for brilliance turns up, and this time next week he's standing in Victoria. But Tony and I have a quite a long discussion about it. He said, "Look, you don't need to be here in your best form the first night because you're not going to run tenth. You know, you're going to run top four no matter who you're against. And if you can work your way through the final, uh, through the first week and get to the final, you've still got another week to recover. So I think he'll go, but that's unless something goes untoward in the next three days, four days. All
0: right. In my discussion with Brad Williamson, this will be news to you. It was news to me as well. They bas- he basically said if Bolt majestic, for... Br- majestic man? A majestic man, yeah. He basically told me that if Bolt for Brilliance doesn't go, they're, they're considering paying a late pay-up fee and coming with majestic man. I didn't even well, know the problem
8: with it's $10,000. Is it really? It's $10,000 and they would need to pay it tomorrow and Tony is going to pay up. So, unless Harness Racing Victoria is willing to say, hey, look, we need a New Zealander in the race, or yeah. in the series, you pay your 10, and if the other horse accepts, we'll give you your 10 back. Now, they could do that. No one's going to care. But, um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably not an ideal situation for anybody involved. But that's what I would do. It's a promotional sport. I would say, look, yep, I you,
3: agree. Should, you
8: can, like, nominate, and if you don't happen to sit in the fields on Monday, we're not going to take the 10 grand off you. It's happened plenty of times with horses for Auckland Cups and New Zealand Cups, but uh, I, I think they're very, very close. Those two camps are very close. When Brent and the Williamson horses go to the North Island for a long time, they stayed with Stony Hurley. Yeah, okay. So I don't think they'll pay up tomorrow because unless Harness Racing Victoria is willing to give them a dispensation to be the only Kiwi in the series, and, less, and even then, they've still got to get from there on the South Island. They've got to get to Auckland and then get on the plane, insane that he might come to Auckland to race in another couple of races. So um, he's not on the markets, so you can't back him. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, he might turn up, but I'm thinking he's unlikely.
0: Yeah, very good, Mick. I always love a chat with you, and uh, yeah, I think something with a Breeders' Grand would be wonderful. Uh, next week, are you in Melbourne, or are you still at home?
8: No, I, bizarrely, I actually missed the first round of you and I, I'm ashamed of it, but it's my my niece's wedding, and uh, she's very close to me, so Nothing wrong with that. for a very rare occasion, I've missed, I've missed hundreds of family occasions, and parties and horses, I think, for harness racing over the years. My sister asked me to come down. I'm going to come to that. So uh, I'll be flying in on the Tuesday, going straight to Shepard and with Ryan and, and Adam and looking part of being in the coverage here with, with of course, you know, Shannon and, and Gareth and everybody else. So I'm going to be there on part of the coverage on Trots Vision, but most importantly, I'm going to be there trying to learn some stuff and having a great time. So I'm sure we'll have more conversations over the next two weeks,
0: mate. All right, mate. We'll talk to you next Thursday and I'll see you at Shep. There is Mick Aguirre, and he just dropped off the line at the very last second there, and I reckon it cut out on us. Uh, that was good timing. Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side with Jamie Cockshut and uh, Elliot Booth, the Iden man.
3: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
0: Well, welcome back to Trot's Life. Just Toby McKinnon with you and I'm joined now by Jamie Cockshut down the line from Vietnam. Jamie, mate, uh, how are you? And uh, I assume you're in Vietnam today?
7: Yeah, mate, just sitting back having a bit of a rest before I head off to work, mate, and have a bit of a chat to you and
0: um, our guest, Elliot. And he is there on the line. Elliot, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in Baghdad in Tasmania and I'm pretty good, thanks. Baghdad in Tasmania, now tell us a bit Elliot about your history in harness racing and I know myself, I've seen a lot of Iden horses, I-D-E-N and uh, I think you're pretty, uh, I think that's your name is it, that you regularly use? That's mine and only mine. Oh, except,
1: except I, I've sold one or two with it already named, yes.
0: And why why did you come up with but, that Iden name?
1: Well, I had a Murray Gray cattle stud and it was the Iden stud, so I thought it was appropriate to go on with that and I like the idea of identifying the horses
0: that I've bred. Identifying, I see what you did there. It starts with Iden as well. <laughs> have, you, have you ever ever named one iden Fying? <laughs> no no it's not bad though is it
1: I've had a lot of
0: suggestions that I can't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it, and I didn't know and um now uh, who's the best horse you've ever had well mickey o of course now uh
1: is is proving himself to be that, but i bred i bred one that was very good i had good time yeah uh back in the about 2000 she was a very good horse um, and she's gone on with the breeding as well
0: now jamie's champing at the bit there he's got a few questions to ask so <laughs> i'll bring him in and there's going to be one big question about mickey O involving the eureka or surely jamie <laughs> how you going there elliot pretty good jamie
7: Ah, uh, to have you on, mate. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll just talk about um, you know, we'll touch on Mickey O first. Like, you've built a pretty close relationship with the um, Chris Howlett and his sons in in recent years, and you've had a fair bit yes. of success. And it was you know great on Sunday night to see Mickey O win the three-year-old size, backing up from winning the two-year-old last season. And you know, you would have had a fair spring in your step after Mickey O won after winning the. Band box with one up. that you.
1: Yeah, I. Boutique, yeah. boutique. Yeah. Yeah, fair spring bringing me step, all right.
7: Now, <laughs> yeah, just for the listeners out there, how how old are you? mate? you'd be have to be in your early eighties. Yeah, I'm eighty. Yeah. And Been around. For you, a you can have a quick chat a about you. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, mate, fair enough. You can probably have a bit of a chat about your golfing prowess because for the listeners out there, Elliot was one of the best amateurs in Australia for a long time. Is that right, Elliot?
1: Yeah, I, I made an Australian team and uh, won a few Australian titles, the top qualifiers in Australian championships and Australian foursome championship winners. And... Uh, as I say, I represented Australia in four-man team and represented Tassie for 30 years in the state team and then turned pro after I turned 50.
7: And that's not a bad effort, mate. It's not a bad effort. But we'll go back to wine and boutique. Yes. And a lot of, we'll of, yeah. of travelling well. through Southeast Asia, did you do? In your golf?
1: South America, US, uh, Middle East, uh, Europe. Everywhere. Lucky lucky no, enough, no, lucky we, enough to you, play well enough to pay me way and, and uh confound the critics. <laughs> and being, yeah, a left well, hander, being a lefty, mate. <laughs> lefty can't play everybody bad.
7: <laughs> nah, well, uh well you obviously had a great golfing career, mate, and um you know, is that, I, yeah, do still you playing. still muck around, around with a bit of golf? I still
1: play once a week. Just just to keep a bit of exercise going, I'm still on a nine handicap and, and regularly shoot below my age.
7: It's yeah, not a bad effort, not That's a bad so effort, weird. mate, but um... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just touch on Island Boutique. You know the story behind Island yeah. Boutique. I think she's the one you brought at the sales that Sue si- that Street breed, Is that correct? Well, I bought I bought it before the sales actually. Uh, uh,
1: I visited too to have a look at the horse because I liked the breeding and the day I visited she'd got uh, a problem uh, with a daughter I think sick on, in Brisbane and said oh god I can't I can't finish preparing this, this filly and I won't be able to go to the sales and it won't sell and I won't bring it back and I said oh well I'll buy it off you <laughs> and we agreed and, and uh, the rest history. I I kicked the goal.
7: Yeah, well, no, he definitely have, and the other good part about it is Christian trained it, you know, Christian and Noel's been a great, uh, well, a huge part of your success in the harness industry in your exactly. time, and, you know, just would have been fitting, you know, for Christian to well, no, train your Group no. 2 winner in, you know, the latter years.
1: Yeah, well, Noel really no, really was the, my mentor to begin with, and, and uh, Christian's been very, very good, and... Uh, Actually, he doesn't, he doesn't like going to the races anymore, but he, do, he does like training. And, uh, it's quite a funny story, really. At the beginning of, of this season, he was going to train up a couple uh, and then pass them on to Connor Crook. Well, Connor went away, and Christian decided, oh, well, I suppose I can race him. <laughs> and that's Iden Miss Lucy <laughs> and Iden Boutique. So yeah. he's well rewarded for his work.
7: Yeah, well, they've both had great seasons. A pair of them. Jeez, they have. Yeah. Um, it's going to be remiss of me not not to mention this, but you are affectionately known as the Shake of Southern Tasmanian Harness Ration. Is that correct? I don't
1: think I don't think that's correct. <laughs> I don't know who does that. <laughs> <laughs>
7: they call me, call me anything but, nah, but I you... don't... Nah, that's right, mate. When you're when you're having this sort of success in your later years, mate, or it doesn't matter what people call you, what people say to you, mate, because um, this is what the game's all about, and it's just great to see you having the success you. in your your later years. And I'm sure there's still plenty more to come.
1: Yes, I'm I'm very confident. I've got some very well bred uh, ones coming along, and and uh, I'm really happy. I when I first started in the '90s, I saw an article. Written by Mike Good from Equinex, I think it is, and uh, I contacted him and had a yarn with him, and, and he's he's advised me all through, and, and uh, he says that I've got uh, better horses coming along than I had.
7: <laughs> I'm pretty happy yeah, about well, that. Yeah, well, no, exactly right, and we'll just touch on um, the race. Toby at- mentioned the Eureka. Um, uh, Mickey O is probably one of the leading seeds to get get an invite to the Eureka, which is Taz Racing's got a slot in. And, and what sort of crowning glory would that be for you to have a runner in a race worth worth two million dollars next season?
1: Oh, good. That wouldn't wouldn't that be unreal? Yeah, and so lucky to have a share in him. Actually, we were just talking before the sale. Chris Chris had said, well, "What do you like in the sale?" I said, oh. There's only one horse I'd have a look at because of the the background with the the mare. Uh, And uh, he said, oh, we were interested in that. I said, oh, that's all right, you buy it. He said, you want a third? I said, oh, you're right, eh? (laughs) What a good decision.
0: What a great decision.
7: Well, it It sure was, mate. But as they say, Elliot, there's the saying, money goes to money, mate. You've had a great great career. You've got plenty of years to come. And the, the other thing, thats this is how old I'm feeling, you were my mother's school teacher back at um, Brighton <laughs> Primary, or Brighton District Area School back in the doing? day. What was her name? Um, Sally per- Sally Percy. Oh,
1: yes, right. Yep, I remember, Sal. God. I'll be blown. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah,
7: that's and, just...
1: And you know what? I met, so make... I met a bloke yesterday who's doing some building on the subdivision i've i've got down here and and uh he said you taught my
7: dad <laughs> 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 Oh God. no no you, you you're definitely one of the um of the harness racing industry in tasmania mate you've got some great stories to tell and you know you're great to have a chat with her at the races and you know you're that well respected in everything you've done in your life to date and um and I just wish you all the success going forward, mate, because you're a, you know, you're a ripper bloke.
0: Thanks
1: very much. That's nice. Hey, have got to get more to go yet?
0: <laughs> hey, uh, Elliot, will you will you head up to Sydney for the Eureka if Mickey O's in it? I guess I would. And that, that, they'll pro- I guess I would. They'll probably have a golf day, and um, I'm lucky to shoot just under my age too, which is forty two. But I'm talking I'm okay. talking forty two over, not uh not total score. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. How embarrassing if I played golf with a bloke twice my age at age eighty who shot sort of eight over and I was forty odd over, that would be that'd be the end of me. Elliot mate, thanks so much for coming on and great to hear someone uh in your era of their life still enjoying harness racing and and still playing golf and still doing everything you love i absolutely love it mate and uh it's an inspirational chat that we've had
1: thank you very much i'm I'm enjoying everything and and,
0: uh more than anything i enjoy the
1: oh study into the breeding yeah and and uh, and i think the bloke in western australia has done me a good turn because i i don't believe i've bred a horse that can't win a race yeah that's pretty good
0: average you've done a great job and we'll follow all the iden horses from now on and i'm i'm looking forward to um identifying the horse coming up next year that'll win uh, the golden <laughs> apple <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> thanks bud Good on you, Elliot. There is Elliot Booth from Tasmania. What a bloody legend he is. Jamie, uh, we're a little bit over, over time for the news, but that doesn't matter. We'll catch up with the news, mate, and we'll come back and we'll run through your tips. How does that sound?
3: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. It
0: is Trots Life. It is Toby McKinnon with you. Big fella says, now you know, Toby, not to take Elliot on in a game of golf. That is fair of unbelievable. Big fella, I'd right? take no one on in a game of golf. I can hit the ball a mile. I'll be able to outdrive anyone, right? But God help us, it could be absolutely anywhere when I go to find it. Now, Jamie, let's get through some tips. Bernie, uh, let's kick off. Kick off. In race five, uh, and hopefully we can get a hole in one. This is moving day. We have a golf theme to this uh, trotting show, uh, well and truly. So can we get a hole in one and kick off in race five at Bernie? See what I've done there?
7: Yeah,
0: well, well, let's hope so, mate. There's a horse called One Off. Been racing pretty well
7: his last few runs, uh, three runs, and he did win his three starts ago. Similar sort of race set up. Just has to reproduce that effort. And I reckon he can get the job done at around the $4 mark, Toby, in race five. And then we'll head over to race eight, the last race of the night. Guy's better bet. He's banging the door down. He's been going very well of late. You know, he'll sit back and he'll try and loop him over the last lap at Burnie, which is only about five hundred and fifty meters. But um, he'll go very close to winning. He's he's got his foot on the door. on He's got his foot on the door, and yeah, I reckon he's the better of the two to be honest, mate.
0: Hobart on Sunday. You're going to kick off straight away in race one and. The odds are already up here. Gore, go. oh, yep, number seven. I'll
7: let you go. G- but... g- uh, yeah, racing very well. G- <laughs> g- 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 yeah, you got me going. Gordieffski-Lees, g- 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 Gordieffski-Lees. <laughs> g- um, always showing plenty of ability, but it's finally starting to put it all together on the track. Drawing seven, which ain't ideal, but he'll push forward, and the Todd Rattray stable is flying at the moment, and I reckon he can sit park and still prove too good for his rivals.
0: And, Jamie, and we over, well, I said to you, have you got a best bet for me? And you said, maybe. Have you got a best bet for me? And you said, maybe. So, have you hmm. got a best bet for me?
7: Maybe you, you'll have to get one of them comedy sh- shows going to. <laughs> I've
0: done one. So, I tell done you one. what, you
7: turned turn into you, you turn in a bit of a comedian in recent months. No, no, I did a stand-up but, comedy gig once. Oh, yeah, well, that's where you got it from, mate. Uh, yeah, well, race seven, number one, maybe. <laughs> um, we huge from a spell... A good form behind Mickey O as a two-year-old. Um, come back as three-year-old. Had a, you know, was okay, but just wasn't himself. Had a good spell. Comes back, draws the pole. Winnable race. Will win. Um, just depends which odds they sort of put up, mate. But they could put up $250, two fifty, two dollars, two twenty, one eighty. But I reckon he will be winning. The Cutler Valley, we've also got the finals of the two-year-old size yeah. sweet, um, races, the Dandy Patch and the Evacus finals, and they're really, really good races, very competitive, especially the Phillies division. I'm going to stick with number 10 Gypsy more. Trained by Paul Carlson. You know, this would be Paul's biggest win as a trainer and an owner if she gets the job done, and she was very good in her heat. Um, led up the three wide line, put him to bed at the top of the straight and raced away. This is a bit tougher because it's a bigger field, but if she produces that effort, she's going to take plenty of holding out. She'll be around about the $8 mark, I reckon, come race time.
3: And Here the we other go. value play Here is over go. to
7: race 10, number eight, Guido Darciana. Well said. Um, drawn to get inside the, the second line. One will leave a lead or, or hand up, so Guido's going to get the runny logs so either behind the leader or three pegs. And he just needs a bit of... A bit of room at the top of the straight and he will hit the line strongly in around the five or six dollar mark.
0: And Jamie, just before we go any further, I just wanted to see how are you mate? You all good?
7: Yeah, I'm all right, mate. You're it's... just checking in, are you Yeah, just checking in. <laughs> That's race three number nine, check in is the best at odds. Um been pretty good in all runs since coming over across to Tasmania for Ben. You know, this is a pretty strong race, but just maps to get a good run through early and doesn't have to do any work in the run and Just gets a card in the race and peels out of the top of the straight. I reckon she can run, he can run a big race at around the $10 or $12 mark. The quality for the night will go first leg 5 and 10. That's Mighty Flying Art and Riley Major. Second leg will go numbers 1, 5, 7, 9, 10 and 11. Third leg will go number 1, 1 out maybe. Last leg will go 1, 2, 5, 6, 8, 9 and 10. $35 will give us 50% of the dividend, mate.
0: So that third leg,
7: are you going one out or not? Yeah, maybe one out. <laughs> maybe one out, okay. Maybe maybe one out. But we'll just touch on the the dandy patch final, Toby, what well, before I go. Yeah, yeah, quickly. Um v- very good race. Sally a small field, but you got Carado Artemis, you got DeGoey who was super impressive winning the prelude last week, trained by Rowan Hadley. Um tried to tell you, you know, you got Nyack but it's a really good race and, and bolt your socks on on the pole for, for Ben, you know, who's been it's a, chance. a big improver of late and looks the leader, but you know, just my cho- choice is to go. You know, he, he likes the party to goey a fair bit and um, I reckon he can get the job done in at his second career start and take home the, the group two feature on
0: Sunday night. I think he'll go better if he goes forward to goey.
7: Yeah, now that's for sure. He does go better up forward, mate.
0: And I think just one other, Jamie, whilst we are on it, I'm just trying to find the actual race. On Saturday night in the Breeders' Crown Final, best of luck to Ben and Mark Yole with my ultimate Jacko, who goes around in the $300,000 Breeders' Crown Series. had Mark Yo on plenty of times. And um, to be honest, mate, I'd absolutely love to see him win a race like this. I know it'd be big odds, but geez, it'd... It'd knock a few out of the park uh, that chatter about uh, Ben Yole operation if you want to race like a two-year-old Breeders' Crown.
7: Well, there's a saying going, mate. you got to be in it to win it. No matter what odds you are, anything can happen. And, you know, I wish him all the luck. It's a great experience for Mark. He's, he's driving at the peak of his powers at the moment, Mark. And um, he'll give it the perfect sort of trip, mate, if we can just poke through on, you know, even running the first six, it'll be a great result for all involved. But... Um, you know, it's just good to have a horse in a race. I've never been able to have a horse in a $300,000 race, mate. So that's something that, um, you know, I buy Ben and his connections to having a horse in that sort
0: of race. 100%. Good on you, Jamie. We better get to a break, mate. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, and we'll chat again next week. Cheers, buddy. There is Jamie Cockshut, And for those listening in, uh, one, Simon Sharp. You don't need to clip that and put that out on Twitter, what Jamie said. Uh, thank you very much, Simon. And secondly, uh, I am totally sober and because I'm, I'm about to drive to Echuga. So anyone that thinks that uh, I've had a few at lunchtime, I haven't. I am dead sober, just having a bit of fun with Jamie. Let's get to a break. Uh, 12.50 will be the close of show for Trots Life as we'll have to get to uh, Lee Palmer for a Palmer Bet update. And on this afternoon from 1 o'clock, Cam Luke... And, oh, John Donahoe, he's put his hand about two foot for the ground. That must mean it's d Taggart.
3: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
0: Yeah. Sharrat's Life Thursday edition. Voice is going, going. It is going, the voice. I know. Have you ever seen my voice? (laughs) It is going. I'm nearly done here. What a great two hours moving day has been. Tim O'Connor off the top. Brad Williamson with some massive news about majestic men might come for the inter-dominion. Darren Carroll tipping us some winners. Just got to give him another mention, Darren Carroll. What he's doing for harness racing, I absolutely love. Yes, I'm a mate of Darren's. I'm proud to say I'm a mate of Darren's. I'm biased. There might be a man crush. Let's not go down that track. But today, race one, number six, double helix, and race five, number seven, catch the shark, where he's tips at stall. And he tipped. He tipped at a chuka tonight. Race eight, number one, Al Cristiano. We heard from Greg Sugars who tipped us Tizzy Lizzie at stall today, and some great info from Greg Sugars, particularly, particularly about uh, just believe that I got the impression from Greg, he's uh, got his eyes firmly placed on the Inter Dominion final uh, in the Inter Dominion series rather than this race Saturday night, and as Uh, Obviously, he'll probably be nearly favourite in that race. Uh, Greg will be driving him from luck. That is major info. Mick Gooran, as per usual, great chat with Mick Guren and very interesting with Mick about uh, Breeders' Crowns and also um, Bolt for Brilliance. He's 80-20, 75-25 coming. And then Elliot Booth, what a legend. Golfer for Australia, harness racing owner and Jamie Cockshut. And his best bet, maybe. And for those that uh, heard it, it's been cut out of the podcast. So Simon Sharp, you will not find it. I cut it out. You don't find it, Simon. I know you love finding it. You put it up on Twitter. You've done it to me twice. You're too good. I love you for it. And I've been, I've got one up on you this time, big fella. Always, mate. Love your interaction, Maddie as well with it off the text machine. I think Tizzy Lizzy will win today. Speed Side for the Thursday. Lee Dalton from Parma Bet will be up on the other side. Cam Luke will be in studio hosting. John Donohoe will be behind the scenes. And our great, great friend, D Taggart, the champion of SEN track, the legend he is, the team captain, will be in for a big afternoon. Have a great day. I'm off to a Echuca. If you're there, I'll see you tonight. If not, I'll be at Melton Friday, Saturday night, St. Arnold, Sunday, Warrigal Monday. Get out to Melton on Saturday night or Friday night for the Breeders' Crown.